With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples. UFC and Boxing Talk. Good evening. You're listening to Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples Boxing Show, where we cater for the Merseyside boxing scene every Tuesday night between 6.30 and 7.30. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for being in our company. It is me, Adam. Nick's here as well. Hello. It was his birthday at the weekend. Uh, he's managed to recover from that. Uh, we were going to obviously do the show yesterday, but no, he, co- he couldn't do it yesterday. Couldn't do it yesterday. So therefore, we had to give him an extra 24 hours uh, to come into the show on a, on a Tuesday evening to fully recover from a significant birthday. 40, my friend. I know. It's old, isn't it? It's bad. It's not old at all. It's not I feel old. old. Do I you? feel old. Yeah, I That's do. two kids, mate. It's nothing to do with age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you consume uh, Carl Frampton's uh, escapades in Las Vegas at the weekend? Because Sunday, you, yeah. Well, you had your party on Saturday night. That's it. So you didn't go all the way through. I didn't. No, I, I, I did morning. the Sunday morning thing. Yeah, my wife took the kids out, so I was able to do well the, done, uh, Mrs. Pete. Do the full run through of the card and okay. uh, loved it. You know, I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was a real extension from the f- previous twelve rounds in New York, which was a great fight. Uh, we're twenty four rounds in now, and I still want to. I want to see more. Do you want to see the? Do you want to see part three next? Or do you want to uh, wait? I want to see it next. I think it's got to happen next. I think. Santa Cruz will push for it next because he's got the momentum. Frampton will want it to happen next because he'll want to obviously get that first loss on his record, completely wipe slate clean again. Mm-hmm. I think tentatively, I think they've got an arrangement in Belfast somewhere for the yep. fight to happen because they keep pushing it. And I think Santa Cruz will happily go to Belfast as well because he said he would. And I think he, you know, the momentum is with him now, but the pressure would be on Frampton back there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to happen. It probably happened late summer. I would have thought. You see, I'm the other way. The reason why I'm the other way is because I think Frampton will kick himself as to why he's lost that fight at the weekend. Because as we spoke on this show and on our podcast, um, tactically, I thought that Santa Cruz, as he normally does, yep. would come forward quite a lot, as he always done all his life. I thought he would do it even more so in this fight to establish himself, get on top of Frampton. He didn't do it. He boxed on that back foot. He stayed on his back foot, picked him off for fun. Now, what I think will happen is that Carl will obviously look at the tactics what lost him the fight because he had to force it a little bit more and therefore he will stand off yeah, just like Santa Cruz did in this particular fight and I think as a third, immediately we might get a little bit of a, a stink out. We might get a little bit of a stink out compared yeah. to the previous 24 rounds that we've just witnessed between these two guys which are two fight of the year contenders. Yeah, um, For me personally... I would love them maybe to just go and fight someone else of a, of a top level because there's some top boys in there. You've got Selby. Selby and everything. You've yeah. got Abnamaris. You've got all these other guys that are top, top level. I personally would say, right, just put that to bed for a minute. It's going to happen at some point. Just put it to bed. 
You go off down this route, you go off down this route, let's come back in 18 months and let's do it again then when maybe you've experienced some other stuff because they've only been con- they've been concentrating on each other for what now? 18 months? That's six all months, they've been doing? Six months they'll have eat, slept and breathed and breathed one another. That's you know, it. So, you know? I, I get what you're saying. I think that's a great shout and I think it probably works from an outside perspective. You know, can I wait? Yeah, I think the more they go away and win other fights and win other belts and then come back together, it just makes the third fight an even bigger fight. Mm. It was just so close again, wasn't it? You know, and, and that's the other question. And you're right. If they go straight into another twelve rounder, what's to say it won't be just as close again? So many of those rounds in the middle, just like New York, so many rounds were so close. It's down to what you like, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Well, if you're a judge and you're watching that, what do you like? Do you like the counter attack? Do you like the more cleaner work, or do you like the aggressor? Do you like someone that's coming on, getting on your chest, and and really forcing the fight, forcing the pace of the fight? Yeah, exactly. So. There was there was a lot of rounds there. It's certainly you know mid to early rounds that you know I give Santa Cruz the first two rounds. Then I yeah. thought Frampton came right back into it, and then it swung one way and then the other again. And it got to the got to the end of the ninth, I think it was, and I had it all square. Um, so going into the last three rounds, it was all to play for, if you like. But and and at that point, it looked like Santa Cruz was starting to slow down. Frampton was getting his momentum got going. Got a second win, though, didn't it? He big time got a second win. Rounds 10, 11, 12. You'd be difficult, certainly 11 and 12. You'd be difficult to give them to Frampton. I thought they were, I thought Santa Cruz just finished the stronger. Um, but it, it was such a smart performance from Santa Cruz because we never expected that. Frampton certainly didn't expect that. In the build up, all he was saying was Santa, Santa Cruz can't get any better. I can get better. I have got better. Santa Cruz can't get any better. Well, he may not have got better, but his game plan got a whole lot better. You know, he wasn't just trying to put the pressure on, overwhelm Frampton with a momentum of punches, which is what he tried to do in New York, New York, and which is what has been so successful for him his entire career. Their game plan was clear, was to counter punch. It was left Frampton come onto them, use the longer reach, use the longer jab, left Frampton walk into big shots. And it, it, they picked them off perfectly. And mm. yet, there was certain rounds there where Frampton had a bit, a bit of joy. He'd, get, he'd land every now and again. And he'd win rounds. It, you know, his work rate would win him rounds. But the momentum always really seemed to be with Santa Cruz. Because he had that great start. I felt like Frampton was chasing him. Chasing him. At no point, even though I had to score as a draw in the ninth, at no point did I really go, okay, well, Frampton's up now. Yeah. At no point did I have that. It was like, Santa Cruz is up, level. Santa Cruz is up, level. And then down a stretch, as I said, I thought Santa Cruz put his foot down. Talk to me about the support, man. Because phenomenal. I am <clears throat> of, of, of an accent. I don't want to say this in Liverpool because I'll probably get him, myself in trouble. But I'm of an accent that's a little bit further down the M62, okay, where a certain fighter called Ricky Hatton comes from. Yeah. Um, and I've obviously followed Ricky's career all the way through. Been to mm-hmm. some fantastic nights with Ricky Hatton. And, and the thing that always uh, sticks out with me yep. is the support. Of course. He commanded football stadium support. Yeah. I haven't seen anything like that since. Okay, I've been to some Anthony Crawler fights, for example, where I've experienced some great um, atmospheres, but nothing to the ilk, as of yet, of Ricky Hatton. Mm-hmm. At the weekend, in Las Vegas, so not in Belfast, yeah. we're in Las Vegas, yeah? Um, and it would have cost him a few quid to get out there. Just a bit. So you're out in Las Vegas, and the whole of Las Vegas has turned into Northern Ireland. Yeah. Sensational support. Are we seeing the same level? Now, from yeah. Carl Frampton, has he, has he gone into that superstar status when it comes to command and support and love from a fan base? I think we have, yeah. I think, it, you know, it certainly it looked like that on TV. Obviously, we weren't at the fight on yeah. Saturday night. I'd love to have been there to, to make that comparison. You know, I was in Vegas when Ricky Hatton fought Manny Pacquiao. I was at that event, and that was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yet, 
to be honest, Pacquiao has an incredible support as well. So the atmosphere yeah. was unbelievable. It really was electric. And that reminded me of the weekend, you know, watching the crowd, listening to the crowd. Obviously, the Sky commentary reacting was saying it's, it's unbelievable. But again, you've got, you know, the, one of the best Mexican fighters of this generation going in against the guy, Irish guy who's got the whole Irish support behind him as well. So it did look amazing. And the reason he's got such a big following is, and Frampton proved this after the fight, the way he took the defeat, took it like a champion. We love that. We engage with that. We relate to that. You know, that's how, as every fight fan, you think, yeah, that's how you should react when you lose a fight. You take it like a champion. You take it on a chin and go, okay, it was his night tonight. It wasn't my night. Congratulations to him. Let's have fight number three. That's that's the the dream way to handle yourself after Mm. you lose a fight, certainly a fight of that magnitude. So that's why we love Frampton. Is there, well, regarding the love of Frampton, is there any coincidence and any uh, synergy in the love of Ricky Hatton and love of Carl Frampton um, that they both go drinking with their fans. Exactly. <laughs> Is there anything got, in that? He got the alien again. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. <laughs> because for those um, that were unaware, the first time around in New York, uh, Carl Frampton, he, he genuinely organises. If you're if if you've gone out to support him in these foreign, I don't know if you do this at home because every man and his dog had turned up, right? But if you've gone out to America, you've paid your hard-earned money to go and support him, do his thing, and earn his cash. Then he organises an event the day after. I'm at this bar, mm-hmm. turn up and I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. And he did that in New York and it went off. Yeah, the yeah. whole of Ireland turned up who was out there supporting him. He got, got the ailing for everybody. Yeah. They had a right all too. Now, even av- after the defeat at the weekend, we, we saw him in the ring afterwards. Sensational, dignified response. Mate, you love him even more. Nothing, nobody likes a stroppy loser. Nope. Take note, David Hay. Nobody yeah. wants to, you blaming it on a broken toe or out like that. Don't do that. Take it like a man. Take it like a man. You weren't good enough on that particular night. Frampton, even as soon as it happens, he clapped his opponent. He went, yeah, okay, I can see that. Fair play. It's his night tonight. Job done, as you said. Yeah. But then t- you're feeling down. You just lost your world title. The day after, to then go to the next level, in my opinion. Yeah. To go and front up in front of fans. I haven't seen any other footage, but I've no doubt he'll, apolo- he'll have been personally apologising to some of them people. Because one of the first things he did in the microphone was to apologise to the fans, wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah, yeah. He'll have apologised to them. He buys them all a beer. That, that you're going to love this guy even more. Exactly. He's dignified and he's the stuff, man of the he's the man of the people and that's the yeah. key thing. Good lesson to any fight any fighter that's trying to make it. Exactly, and that's why we love. Carl Frampton's and the Ricky Hatton to this world. That's why we love people like that, and that's why we struggle to get a big following behind your Amir Khans and your James yeah. Dales, guys that distance themselves from people. Get yourself in there. Be Completely. the man of the people. Hundred percent. And I think we like the fact that they do have a drink because it gives us a <laughs> it gives well, us a we, little we can bit. Relate. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. We relate to it, and we think to ourselves, "Well, it's all right for Carl to have a pint. I'll have a pint. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll get I'll get stuck in there as well." Yeah. Um, now on our podcast this week, we will be speaking in great depth of the undercard and the other fights that happened at the weekend because yeah. we're fully aware that it wasn't just about Frampton and Leo Santa Cruz. Even though it was a great fight, we enjoyed it. We're just trying to concentrate on what the Merseyside boxing audience would be interested in. I know yep. there's a lot of Irish fight fans here in Merseyside, so we're concentrating on that. But the, there is one fight that we've got to talk about on that undercard, uh, which would affect, I suppose, Merseyside fighters like Derry Matthews. is in that. He's gone up to super lightweight at the moment, yep. but in that lightweight, lightweight. division. Um, and that is obviously the return of Mikey Garcia, now mm. a three-weight world champion. For those that haven't seen this, I, I thoroughly encourage you, if you've got a, a Sky subscription, yeah. Download this fight. Go and have a little bit of a nosy because Just, he, t- he takes on the WBC champion. That's right. Uh, Dejan Zlatichinin, the new pronunciation as I've been told. Um, and he knocked him out in three rounds and what a knockout. It it's was, a knockout of the year already. You're not going to get a better phenomenal. one. It You're not going to get a better knockout. You, you've got to have a, a strong stomach to watch that oh. knockout because when you watch it in slow motion, 
He clips him with the uppercut. He, he hits him with the uppercut. Clips him round the back of the ear with a little. Nick, left by hook. the way, he's doing all the actions as falls, we speak in the studio. Falls into the ropes, doesn't he? <laughs> and then as he's pulling himself out the ropes, and he doesn't even know what day it is. In slow mo, you're thinking, "Cover yourself up, man! Cover yourself up!" But he doesn't, and he turns right round, gives free Mikey shot. Garcia a free right hook, which, believe me, he does not waste, and he puts the guy fast asleep. But uh, yeah, you're right; it's one of the, already a knockout of the year contender. It is absolutely sensational. I thoroughly enjoy, uh, encourage you to go and have a little bit of a nosy at that. Um, and also download our podcast, which will be available on fightdisciples.com as we talk about that and what that means for the lightweight division uh, going forward. We also have an in-depth chat about uh, Lee Selby, Mm -hmm. uh, who sadly missed out in Las Vegas because a lot of us would have... This show, I would have anticipated us, the majority of our chat would have been now Selby Selby Frampton. Frampton. That's what we would have been talking about. But we're we're quite far away from it now uh, with what's happened at the weekend. Obviously, Frampton getting beat and Selby's fight being... Uh, called off on medical reasons because his uh, opponent sadly couldn't get past. Yeah, uh, which is a shame because you're a huge fan of Lee Selby. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's the, the the Welsh Mexican, isn't he, or whatever they call the Welsh Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm gutted for Lee because uh, to be honest, I think that was like a double whammy for him the weekend. Not only did he not get to fight in Las Vegas as co-main event, defenders world title belt in front of all the American press, and really stake a claim to fight the winner of Santa Cruz versus Frampton. Not only that, mm. but Santa Cruz Frampton is another close decision but the loss goes the other way so we're all talking about a trilogy fight there so Selby's kind of now tumbled to the back of the queue whereas if he'd have put in a big performance if we'd have had a clear cut winner then maybe we'd be talking about Selby against the winner but unfortunately for him it's kind of like back to the drawing board now I was I was devastated for him when I seen the news that the fight had been cancelled because I know how hard the kid trains he's so dedicated and he's a real talent and I think it's a Very real good. tough fight for mm. Frampton or Santa Cruz to fight Lee Selby but fortunately Selby's time he's going to have to wait again let's not forget he's the world champion he's Completely. the he's the IBF world champion um, of which we talk about on our podcast so I have a little bit of a nosy on our website this week fightdisciples.com it's all there for you however this show dedicated to uh, the Merseyside boxing scene so we've got to obviously get some uh, Merseyside uh, Boxing love after uh, seven o'clock tonight. Uh, we will obviously be focusing on the big boy, yeah, the big man, Biggins back, big pricey back in the ring this weekend. And we've also got to uh, clear up some uh, some information that we might have passed on to you regarding the uh, ITV box office, ITV four, where's the undercard being heard type of scenario. Mainly because we had our uh, wrist slapped by ITV when they when they're getting contact with us via Twitter. Oof, you you if they say jump, you say how high. That's that's how it works. Uh, so we'll be clearing that up for you just after seven o'clock. Stick around and you'll be hearing from Pricey as he talks about wanting to get nasty. Uh, and hopefully we'll be speaking to uh, his trainer as well, Dave Caldwell. I think it's always good to get Dave on one. He trains Bellew as well, mm-hmm. so he's got a vested interest in Liverpool and Merseyside boxing. Yep. Um, He's an adopted scouser, Dave. Oh, absolutely. After the performance at Goodison Park when Bell, you won the belt, <laughs> I said to Dave afterwards, <laughs> you're an adopted scouser You're now. in the team you're now, in. son. You're yeah. in the team. Um, but obviously this weekend it's all on price. We're going to be speaking about that a little bit later on because we're... I mean, Nick's got a theory. He's going to give you this theory after 7 o'clock that Pricey could be in world title action sooner rather than later. Yep, so stick, so stick around. That's uh, that's all coming up very, very shortly. Um, the main event for that particular card is, of course... Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, taking on Ronald Quinlan for the IBO Super Middleweight Championship of the World. Um, you've got to pay for it if you want to see it. The uh, Eubanks are attempting to change the game and we are going to be talking about attempting to change the game next on Radio City Talk. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. You're listening to Radio City Talk. I'm Adam. 
He's Nick. This is the Fight Disciple Show, dedicated to Merseyside boxing every Tuesday night, 6.30 to 7.30, right here uh, on Radio City Talk. We've just had a little bit of a look back at Frampton at the weekend. Um, we've got to, to talk about Pricey. That's all coming up a little bit later on in the show because he's back in action this weekend on ITV Box Office. Uh, and he's back on ITV Box Office on this fella's undercard, Chris Eubank Jr., uh, taking on Renault Quinlan for the IBO uh, Super Middleweight Championship of the World. We've spoken in great length about this whole thing, ITV box office. Yep. Um, First it's ITV4, then it's just yeah. box office, then it's this, then it's that. Just to make it clear, the entire card is on box office. ITV is saying it was always the case. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. They were going to do part of the card on ITV4. That's a fact. Pricey told us as much because he was headlining the ITV portion of the card, the four portion of the card. But anyway, things have changed for whatever reason. You know, people may say lack of pay-per-view buys. People may be right. But whatever reason, ITV are now putting it out, the entire card as a pay-per-view package. Which, to be honest, Adam, it makes sense. If you're going to do Absolutely. a pay-per-view... Put the lot on. You know, this is not the UFC where you can kind of put a prelim card on a, a terrestrial channel and then expect people to just pay for the main event. Not when your main event is Chris Eubank against a fighter who's never boxed outside of Australia before mm. for what is pretty much a bit of a paper title. You need to have the support of the entire card for it to work as a pay-per-view. So it makes sense that ITV, for, ITV have done this. Mm. And now let's just roll on the weekend and big pricey. Now, they got back in the game with the Robbie Davis Jr. Yep. Um, show, which we spoke about on the show, and we loved it. Big time. Are they missing a trick making this pay-per-view? Because, because they've got so many good fighters, and it's a good card. Yep. It's not an excellent card. This is not a pay-per-view fight on Sky. If this is a bill on Sky Sports, it's not pay-per-view. There you go, then. So why not make it free-to-air ITV? Get some, get, eyes on, get some eyes on him, get some huge figures. Yep. I mean, we just recently had an experience with the UFC. You just mentioned UFC there. And Bellator, their, uh, their rival uh, promotion over in the States for mixed martial arts. Bellator um, are on Spike, which was free-to-air. Charles Sonnen, Tito Ortiz, they put uh, a card on there. And it finished up. I mean, you alluded to the fact that it was one and a half million. It finished up at 2.2 million views. Yeah, yeah. That's huge, huge figures compared to half a million pay-per-views. Yeah, huge completely. figures. So why not get some fresh eyes, some casual new fans to see uh, Chris Eubank Jr., to see David Price, to yep. see John Wright, to see your um, uh, young your five. Why don't yeah, you yeah. get why you get all them guys on? Right, this is our new talent. This is who we're going with. Come and have a look at it, rather than asking people to pay a tenner for it. Especially to go straight in with your second event. Yeah, you know, ITV. You've just come back to boxing. You know, you you had a really good start with Robbie Davis Junior. That was such a good event the other week. You know, you got. Um, I haven't seen the figures yet, but judging by social media, the way people, were acting, people have been saying it was a good event. A lot of people tuned in, so you've wet people's appetite. Now you hit them with, you know, a card like this with Eubank Jr. topping the bill, getting a belt wrapped around his waist, with your Yafai, who's a, a real strong talent, Kid Galahad, who's a good little boxer as well, obviously big pricey. You you put that out on pay-per-view, for, on, on normal to ITV4 for free this weekend. You get big numbers, but you're setting up a pay-per-view down the line that's actually worth a pay-per-view. As in... Pricing maybe Pricey, for a world title, exactly. as we're going to talk about very shortly, because you've got a route for that. Exactly. So they're just missing a trick, and at the end of the day, like everything, life it comes down to money. You know, they, 
They're seeing the fact that Sky are now putting out regular pay-per-views and ITV want a slice of it. And that's fine. Mm. But don't try and kid boxing fans. This is not a pay-per-view I event. don't know if this is all ITV. I think this maybe is influenced heavily by Eubank Senior and maybe. the way that he is uh, going about managing his son's career, which we're a, a, a big fans of. I mm. like the way that he's going about it. And, there is a, and there's definitely a point in someone's career where I would advise them to do what he is doing. Yeah. They've seen the Mayweather model. They're attempting to uh, uh, replicate that. I'm all for that. Yeah. However, Mayweather didn't start off as a pay-per-view star. No. He didn't turn professional yeah. and then all of a sudden he's a pay-per-view star. He built up 20, 30, 40 wins and then all of a sudden it's like, right, okay, I'm a multi-weight world champion. Yeah. I no longer need a promoter. Legi- I'll do it myself. Absolutely. I'll do my own TV deal. Absolutely. There were People had already seen him fight. They'd already seen how good he was. Eyes had been on Floyd Mayweather on yeah. free-to-air television. Mm-hmm. And then he, what he did, you've seen me fight. I've given you the stuff for free now. You've seen how good I am. Yeah. Come and see me. If you want to see me again, do my thing. It's going to cost you a few quid. Yeah. Eubank Jr. hasn't done that yet. No, he hasn't. He hasn't been tied to any real TV deal where we've seen lots of him. No. He's fought on pay-per-view. He's, like, it's box sp- sporadically. he's fought sporadically. Absolutely. He's we've been not really station. seen him. He's been here. He's been there. He hasn't got a following. Obviously, they're doing the TV chat shows and everything else, and they would probably profess otherwise that he's a bigger star than a lot of boxers. And he is a bit of a shooting star. You know, we, we, we talked about the fact that he lost to Billy Joe Saunders, but in a lot of ways, he's overtaken Billy Joe Saunders, Absolutely. who's still a world champion because of the exposure that he's had and because of the way him and his dad conduct, conduct themselves. But by putting him on pay per view this weekend straight away with ITV just coming back into the game in a title fight against someone that he's going to obliterate let's be honest the guy won't last six rounds with him you know it, it just feels like they're trying to cheat the boxing public a little bit and that's what people are feeling resentful about mm. regarding Eubank Jr mm-hmm. going forward because we fully anticipate that he is going to win this yep. particular title yep. at a different weight he's never fought at super middleweight before he's naturally a middleweight yep. what in your mind is going to be the next stages for him is he going to stay at this weight yeah is he using this as a bargaining chip for James DeGale or is he going to come back down to super uh, sorry to middleweight and maybe still be able to use that as a a bargaining chip for Triple G because every time I see his dad speak Chris Eubank Senior he talks about all these fighters he talks about Triple G he's been speaking about Andre Ward Mm -hmm. at Light Heavy he's been speaking about all these fighters and he says my son will smash them all. My son, my son will beat them all. He will ruin them all. He will wreck them all. These are the words that he's using for these mm-hmm. particular guys. These guys are proven. Yeah, these exactly. guys are proven fighters that are proven undis- world champions. undisputed world champions. Yeah. Your boy's not done anything yet. Yeah, exactly. But that's typical Eubank. You know, he'll want to build his son up. He'll, this is the way he conducted himself when he was fighting him, you know, doing his own career. So that kind of doesn't surprise me that we're going down this road and they're trying to self-promote and everything else. That doesn't surprise me at all. But you're right, Eubank Jr. has done nothing. He shouldn't even be speaking in the same breath as Triple G or Canelo or any of these guys, really, because he hasn't achieved anywhere near what they've achieved. And as well as that... Personally, I think he's moving up here because they see an opportunity of a weak world champion in in, in Quinlan. And they think that getting a world title belt, even though it's only IBO, getting that belt around the waist will help them sell pay-per-views. It will help them headline events. You know, they they couldn't have done a pay-per-view without a belt. There's no yeah. belts available at middleweight, right? Okay, well, let's go for this super middleweight belt instead. Mm. Regarding what you've just said there about Triple G and mentioning his name and saying that we'd go through him and we'd beat him, you had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, exactly. You were offered the fight. That's right. For those that are unaware, 
I'm, I'm sure you're fully aware that Kel Brook took that fight. Mm-hmm. But it was originally offered to Chris Eubank Jr., who was yeah. a legitimate middleweight, not uh, a welterweight who stepped up. Legitimate um, 160-pound fighter. He was offered it. Chris Eubank Jr. says that he's never seen a contract. So it's all gone through his dad, and his dad's turned that down for what reasons? Finances? I don't know what the reasons are. Yep. But if you want to make a statement, and you're telling me that you can beat the what many are saying is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet, when he offers you the fight... Take the fight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you've got to... It's it, nothing straight in the Eubank world, though, is it? Never has been. And his dad was like that as well. It was Nothing's ever straightforward. Everything's just weird and convoluted and just doesn't seem to make any sense. But they com- they confuse it yeah, of course. through their own... They oh, yeah. do it themselves. They do it themselves, yeah, yeah. But I think, do they want to do it then? Boxing's does he really, messed up as it is Does he with really want to fight stuff? Triple G? Does he want to... He, he had the opportunity to fight Golovkin. Obviously, whether it's his decision or his dad's decision, they decided that was not the right fight at this time. Instead, they think fighting Quinlan on ITV box office is the right fight at this mm. time. Now, how this this happened for me, the ITV thing and all the self-promotion at this stage of his career, it has to work. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because the other big players in boxing, Matchroom, Eddie Hearn, mm-hmm. Frank Warren's now got his deal with uh, BT, Box yeah. Nation. Uh, you've got other guys in there, obviously, that look after big names like McKennessy and Tyson and, and the Furies and all those types of things. Yeah. But the, the rhetoric that I hear from these people are that they're no longer willing to work with Eubank Senior because he is so unreasonable, as you just mentioned there. Yeah. And he is he throws spanners into the works that don't need to necessarily be in there. So if this does not work, mm-hmm. if ITV pay-per-view does not work and his son doesn't, um, get to the stage that we all anticipate him to get to because he's a talented kid. He's yeah, very, yeah. very good. Oh, he's a brilliant boxer. If they don't get there, then where does it where does it leave him? Because you've got to go back capping answer, Eddie Earn, haven't you? And you've got to go back capping answer Frank Warren and say, listen, can you manage it? Yeah. Because I messed it up. Exactly, yeah. Or or they move him to America, which I think is on the cards anyway. And they go over there and they sign with top rank or they sign with Mayweather promotions or whatever, you know, they do a do a cahoots deal. Like David Hayes just done a cahoots deal, hasn't he, with Schaefer? Mm. Uh, so he's kind of the co-promoter. To be like. fair, he's mates with David Hayes. That might actually, he might actually end up with that. Yeah, exactly. He might be in there. So that might that might be the route they end up going down. But it, it's just strange that this is the opportunity that ATV thought was the perfect one to launch a pay per view. It shows how naive they are potentially about boxing and what's going on in boxing right now. Yeah, you know, as I say, if this card is on Sky. This is not a Sky box office card. Sky, There's no way Adam at Sky or anyone would have gone oh yeah, Eubank Jr. against Quinlan and this undercard and that, that's box office, that's pay-per-view. This is not pay-per-view. I so, mean look at the abuse that they got for pay-per-view for Anthony Joshua exactly. world champion world against Eric Tattles. Molina. Yeah, exactly. The, they got they tons got of that. abuse for that. Yeah. It's looking at the, the undercard stacked up. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. So this card, don't get me wrong, I like the card. Obviously, big prices. It's a lovely on there. card. Big it's a Saturday night there. card. Mate, I sit there all day and watch this. Exactly. But is it worth £10? I don't know. I don't know whether there's going to be a big uptake for it, even though they've had to move the whole thing to pay per view now as well. Everybody in Liverpool now, and I'm not stereotyping because I'm doing this over in my, my way as well. Um, I'm looking for an illegal stream. I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> when I say illegal, I say but partially not right. All right, I'm, I'm I'm getting it in from Sweden. Listen, I'll be I'll pay I'll pay ten pound because I want to see pricey winners eliminator. Yeah, because that world title belt is around the corner. Now you are calling this an eliminator. It's in a, it's technically an unofficial eliminator, but it is for a belt. It's WBO European. European belt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you have got um, a route 
for Pricey after this fight. If all goes well at the weekend, if all goes well with this, it's a big fight. It's a 50 50 fight, Adam. Christian Hammer is no joke. The but you're telling me. Good run, but this is an eliminator. By middle of the year, you're telling me that there's an opportunity in your head yeah. to be able to get David Price a world title fight. A world title fight. Yeah. And the chances are that it will happen on these shores and then maybe 50% of those chances being in Liverpool. Exactly. Well, listen, if the stars align, first of all, Pricey's got to beat Hammer on Saturday. Right. Don't tell us say. yet. We've got to go to a break. All right. I okay. want to get, this is gonna, how we I'm do radio. That this is how then. we do it, right? What I do, I've told everybody what you're going to tell us, and then they say, <laughs> I can't go anywhere yet. I know that your tea's on, but don't go anywhere yet, right? Because Nick's going to give us this route of how Price is going to be the main man. Yeah. We're also going to hear from Price as well. We uh, spoke to him recently when this fight was originally made, talking about trying to get nasty in the gym, in, not just necessarily in the gym, but in the ring as well. You've talked about him being a lovely fella. He's a lovely fella. He's a gentleman, yeah. but we want him to get nasty, and hopefully we're going to get to see that this weekend. Uh, so don't go anywhere. If your tea's in the oven, just knock it off for a second, right? Yeah. Because this is going to be serious well, if you're stuff. in the car on your way to the ground for the match, oh. don't, don't leave the car, yeah. Oh, We've got Pricey coming up. Forget it. Liverpool exactly. are going to beat Chelsea tonight. Yeah, well, it's my 40th birthday, so I'm, I'm, I've already done 4-0 four, four Liverpool. Man, the, bet. That's what Liverpool do, right? Bet. You, 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 you have a crack against uh, Swansea. You've had all. The, you've had a mess of it. Well, a nightmare January. You've had a mess nightmare. of it. Mess of both it. cups. It's just like them, right? To mess it all up and then go and smash Chelsea four to nil. pieces. They're going to beat them four 0 on my fortieth. I'm telling you. Anyway, stay in your car. Just Price wait a minute. Is wait a minute. I'm logging on to my Bet365 <laughs> account. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to Radio City Talk. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. You're listening to Radio City Talk. Uh, I'm Adam. This is Nick. We are um, we are the Fight Disciples, and this is what we do on a Tuesday night here um, on Radio City Talk between six thirty and seven thirty. Talk about the Merseyside boxing scene. I know that you're pressed for time. I know that you want to get to Liverpool, Chelsea. I know that, okay. But we're going to talk pricey, yeah. A proper red. He's a man that's probably going to win a world title this year, according to my boy Nicky. He's going to yep. he's going to tell you all about it now, mate. And when he does it, he will be obviously walking out. Two, the ring of fire, no doubt, my friend. Yeah? <laughs> I hope so, mate, yeah. I hope so. Listen, the, the pressure's on Pricey this weekend. Listen, no ifs, no buts. He's got to win Saturday night first. Before we start fantasising and dreaming about what's coming up next, Christian Hammond is a legit opponent. This is a guy who's ranked above Pricey, a guy that's beat the guy. His last win was against the guy who beat Pricey. Okay, the guy failed a drug test. Erkin Tepper, yeah. Erkin Tepper, but still, Hammer beat him in his last fight, you know, to win this WBO European belt. He's their form fighter, if you like, beating better opposition. Uh, but it's an opportunity knocks for Pricey. You know, we need to see Pricey nastier, tougher, more aggressive than we've ever seen before. He's promised us he's going to do that because he needs to do a number on Hammer because... If he can get a win this weekend, Pricey, if he can get Here that he goes. WBO European belt around his waist, he's in pole position, and I'll tell you why. Joseph Parker, the WBO world champion presently, yep. is in uh, purse bid talks with Huey Fury. Starts tomorrow morning. Yeah, Tyson Fury's young cousin. Yeah. He's the number one contender right now. But, cat amongst the pigeons... Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champion, has no longer got an opponent. His opponent failed the drug test. There's a theme with these heavyweights, isn't there? Yeah. He's failed the drug test, so Deontay Wilder's looking for an opponent right now. Huey Fury has spoken previously to us on our Fight Disciples show. If I had my choice, I would rather fight Deontay Wilder than fight Joseph Parker. So, listen, <laughs> the stars could align for big in here. 
this this could happen because if Biggin can win this European WBO belt, he then becomes a legit contender for the WBO title, yep. world title full. If Huey Fury pulls out of negotiations for the purse bid because he fancies Deontay Wilder's WBC belt, that leaves Parker wide open. That leaves Pricey in a potential pole position. Listen, it could happen. The world title dream for David Price could happen this year. And as well as that, we, we know that Joseph Park is obviously a geezer from uh, down under. Yep. However, he's he wants lo- to fight here. He's looking to line up a fight with Anthony Joshua. That's where the big money is yep. in the heavyweight division. But he said that he wants to come show the English, British fight fans his thing in the UK. Yep. What a perfect fight. Exactly. Well, that's why the Huey Fury thing is working for him right now, you see, because he wants to fight Huey Fury over here. He wants to show the British public that he's a legit world champion, does a number on Fury, it unlocks potentially Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua or the winner of Joshua Klitschko, whatever. He needs. He knows there's no good being a world heavyweight champion living in New Zealand, Australia. I know he's based in Las Vegas, but you know, fighting over there, he's just won the world title belt over there in Australasia. So it's no good doing it there. That's not where the money is. Hmm. The money's here. The money's in Europe. The money's in Britain, certainly for the in heavyweight this division. division. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he needs to come here. He needs a British opponent. Let's just hope. That Fury, Fury, Huey Fury decides to chase the Deontay Wilder route because I'm telling you, that leaves the door wide open. Again, Pricey's got to win Saturday night first. That is the well, top that's the bottom first of everything. Form. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all he's thinking about. That's all Dave Caldwell will be thinking about. They won't want to hear about my little pay, perfect painting pipe dream. Well, I'm going to tell him. But, <laughs> well, I know, yeah, we'll have to tell him. But all they'll be concentrating on is Hammer because it's a legit fight. This is a real 50 50 fight. Let's hear from Pricey, because a couple of weeks ago, um, he came on our show when this fight was announced. He seemed as relaxed as ever. We always have a crack with him. I mean, we've got previous interviews that you can go and have a little bit of a listen on our website, if you wish, uh, what he's talking about, joining the WWE as uh, Barry Grant. Barry Grant, yeah. (laughs) Coming out of the Brookside theme. (laughs) Uh, Fightdisciples.com, if you want to go and have a little bit of a nausea at that. However, uh, we did catch up with Pricey. He's always relaxed, as I said, but he did talk about getting nastier in that ring. The thing is now as well, there's no pressure on me. Every yeah. man and his dog by, by the old few have, have wrote me off and it's only a few people who are, who are like, no, we still think Pricey can do it, but there's still the, the curiosity element which is going to make people watch me because I have been a bit of an enigma. So it, there's always that question mark, what if Pricey does turn up and actually perform to mm. so the best of his ability, which if I do, you know, not many if any can live They're with me. So out. Yeah. but that's gonna happen. That that that's coming because uh, you know, I feel like I've got a real flow to me worth, you know, and, and took the pressure off me completely. And the thing that was standing in my way was it was probably fear of failure. Um and and it, it was holding me back and that's gone now because I've already failed and like I've said that we've gone through it on me before and uh, I'm really really enjoying everything about it at the minute. So um it's gonna it's gonna it's going to transfer into the ring come fight night and I think people will see the best that they've ever seen in me because uh, they, they see a real flow to me worth. I know you've been pals with him for a long time but what's it like being in the gym with Bellew? Because he seems to be rubbing off on you a little bit mate, you know what I mean? I kind of like it. I kind of like you're yeah. a nasty, you're getting a nasty bugger in the ring but you're giving it a bit outside as well, I like that. Yeah, I've got to, got to, got to, be, got to get a bit nasty. See, the thing is, look, uh, over, over the years I've always... Uh, had the gentleman's approach and, and being a bit old-fashioned with boxing. I know I'm outside doing, you know, away from boxing, but mm. at the end of the day, I don't need to be anyone's mate who, who, who's a fellow boxer, you know. Yeah. 
when they retire, we can we might see each other and say hello and everything else. But the reality is, I'm not going to be mates with any any uh, other heavyweight boxers, barring barring Tony Bellew, let's say for instance, we're yeah. mates with anyway. But other than that, I don't need to be nice to these people. Exactly. If, if, if we're going to be literally trying to say food out of each other, I was going to say they're taking and bread and off your table, aren't they? That's so. it. So so I've got to get in there and get and get a bit a bit nasty about the job, which is the intention. I mean. The prospect of fighting David Price, the the gentleman, the nice fella, and everything else is probably a bit less daunting than a more menacing six foot nine, twenty stone giant in the in the opposite <laughs> side of the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's got to be taken into account. And like you say, after the fight, then then you can shake hands and everything else. But you know, these these people they they they're not they're not part of my life, and I just need to do what's best for me and my family. And if that means, yeah. Then, do you believe him? I do believe him. Because you've, known, you've known him a long time. I have. I've known him. I've known him since he was in in the amateurs. You know, when he first broke through, when he won his first ABA title. I've known him an awful long time. And this is the problem with Price, and he accepts that is that he hasn't been aggressive. He hasn't been a big audible heavyweight, which is the way he describes himself sometimes. Oh, I'm just a big audible heavyweight. I wish he was like that in the ring. He's too much of a gentleman. He pays people too many respects. You know, he's, his personality outside the ring, as anyone in Liverpool will tell you, he's an absolute diamond. He will take photographs, he will sign autographs, and he gets a lot of stick pricey as well, believe it or not. I know he doesn't go out in town with his wife anymore, his partner anymore, because... People actually, when they're drunk, start on pricey. Like he gets a lot of weird attention. <laughs> Who would start on someone six foot nine like, and can knock out for fun? And could literally punch a hole through a bus. <laughs> and you get these little chirpy idiots having a go at him, like, "Oh, you been knocked out, have you?" And you think, "Come on, mate, you're five and a half foot." <laughs> he would literally stamp you out. But it's 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 weird because, but he's such a nice guy. No one would ever say that to Bell you, because no. Bell you, there's a chance he just give you the slap. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Pricey hasn't got that personality. It's not in him. He's just a lovely, genuine guy. But that's why that's part of the reason why I want it to happen for him so much. But the only way it's going to happen is if he takes on that little bit more of a Bellew-type persona. Bellew's the nicest guy in the world, but put him in a boxing ring and he will tear your head off. Mm. He will do anything he can to destroy you as quickly as possible. Well, he gets into that mentality straight away. We've had Tony on the show. We, we, yeah. He gets into the mentality where he believes that you are trying to steal from him. Exactly. That's what it is. He, he, he's explained it as that. He's got a young family uh, and he explains... Taking that, bread off the table. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why you, whenever Bellew's in a price fight... It, but Pricey, lifestyle-wise, yeah. is in exactly the same situation Completely. as Bellew. Exactly. So it's, a, it's about switching that brain towards he's, thinking he's, that, that... He's got his kids and he's got to provide for them and he's not you know, he's not been as active as he'd like to be. He's, he's suffered from some absolutely shocking politics in the sport. You know, Pricey's suffered more than most, yet he's got to provide for his family. And the only way he provides for them is by winning fights and winning titles. And the only way he's going to get them is, one, being more vocal... Two, getting in the ring and actually showing people no mercy. Just get in there and try and punch a hole through the other guy's face. Because he's so big, pricey, that if he lands, like he, like, like here against Flo- against Audley Harrison, when he fought Audley, he was, he, he said afterwards, he was like, I was a bit, the good thing was he was scared that Audley was, Audley by then, in boxing eyes, was a joke. 
Mm. Fraudly Harrison, oh yeah, the Olympic champion, that's a waste of space. But Pricey said, you know, if he gives the chance, if he, if Fraudly gets the chance to box and move and gets that southpaw style going, he could be a nightmare. He said, so I was terrified. I just wanted to get in there and get him out of there as soon as possible because it was a risky fight. Well, that's what Pricey's mentality should every be for fight. every fight. Yeah. Don't stand off. You know, in the past, I think he's, he's fallen into a trap of being so big and people have convinced him you can be like Klitschko, box like Klitschko, keep people at the end of your jab, all that kind of stuff, nice and patient, nice and slow, spoil fights. That's what Klitschko did for years, the two of them. And that's what Pricey kind of went down that route. But the problem is, Pricey hasn't got the, and he told us, he hasn't got the best chin in the sport. The longer you're in there, the more chance someone's going to catch you on the chin. So flip that round, go in there and go, I'm 6'9", I'm a monster, I'm going to destroy you as quickly as possible. And I think that's the Pricey we're going to get on Saturday night. I think we're going to see a, a big horrible heavyweight and I think if you can do a number on this kid at the weekend and it's a big ask because the guy's on in, a, in a real good form the guy will start as favourite Pricey is not the favourite for this fight but if you can do a number on him I'm telling you that world title fight within touching distance the reason for that change in mentality because you've just alluded to there about Klitschko's he has obviously had the Sauland um, promoters yep. for a long period of time which are obviously German based so you're right in what you're saying. I've no doubt that that has been around him, that comparison to Klitschko with the size of him and all that type of stuff. Um, but when it comes to trainers and guys that he's been with in the past, I mean, again, I don't want to put words in the mouth because I don't, I don't know the other guys personally. But when it comes to Dave Caldwell, Dave Caldwell is huge on the psychology side of the sport, getting yourself in the right frame of mind, the belief aspect of becoming a boxer when you step through the ropes and do your thing. Mm-hmm. He seems the absolute perfect fit for Pricey. Because yeah. with all due respect to Pricey, yeah. the thing that has let him down is between his ears. It's nothing to do with his talent. Yeah. It's between his ears that uh, that has, has seen him get to, obviously drug cheats as well, but has seen him to get to this stage now, which we none of us anticipated. We anticipated him being world champion by now. Yeah. Um, but it seems that Dave Caldwell sorted out whatever is, has been going on in Pricey's head. He seems to have sorted out. He seems the perfect match. Yeah, it does. And I think, and again, training alongside Bellew every day will help because that's how Bellew fights. You know, that's his mentality. It's like fight or flight kind of thing. You know, there's no in-between. There's no Mr. Nice Guy. When he's on, he's on. I think Pricey can learn so much for that. And Dave, as you're, you're right, Dave is a real psychologist of the game. You know, he likes to get inside people's heads. And it may look like a weird a weird mix from the outside because Dave's about five and a half foot and Pricey's obviously six nine. So holding the pads must be pretty difficult for Dave Caldwell with Pricey, especially because he he hits so hard as well. But we've spoken to Dave on the show and he's like, listen, once I get in his head, once I switch him on, you'll see a completely different David Price. And they've had two fights together now, obviously on the Goodison Bill, on the Bellew undercard. He stopped the guy. He's had another stoppage in, in Germany since then as well. So it it looks like it looks things a lot are more, going in, well. In the German Germany fight, it looks a lot more relaxed. I mean, the first Completely. time out, obviously, at Goodison Park, that's a big one, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, especially when you come home after, the, yeah, after stumbling and stuff like that and losing fights and having to explain yourself on TV interviews and with the media and then you come home and the pressure's on you to perform back at home again. But uh, but no, he's, he's had two fights back. He's had two stoppage wins. Uh, and on all the problem is because because Price is such a high level heavyweight. Take away the fact that he's got three defeats because three defeats are against two drug cheats. So I, I ignore them now. Let, let, let's look past them. Price is at such a high level that he can't he can't just fight people on fringe undercards forever. 
He's he's a heavyweight. He's got to he's got to step up at some point. This weekend he's got to step up. Hammer's a legit opponent. Mm. This is the first real test for David Price and Dave Caldwell. This is the opportunity where Caldwell has got to prove that he's made a big difference. That Price he is aggressive. He is ruthless, which is something in the past. He's hit people, had them in trouble, and he's stayed patient and he's stayed behind that jab and he's not. Some would say take a chance, span a try and finish the fight, but there's a big difference between taking a chance, a silly chance, but taking an opportunity when the opportunity's there. I think in the past he's hesitated when there's been an opportunity and that's ultimately held him back. But he's so big, he's such a good boxer, he's got such a big dig that he's just got to go for it. He said dig. Just in case Ofcom are listening, all right? Just in case it was a G, not a C. It was a D. <laughs> <laughs> but you are right in what you're saying about that, um, the gentleman approach within the ring. Because if you compare him, and we have to compare him to current champions like Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. and because that's where he's hopefully going to be going and, and, and fighting these guys at some point. When you compare him to a Joshua, Joshua, when he smells blood, doesn't let you off that hook. Yep. If he stings you, and he, obviously he can hit as well, really, really hard, He's, he's all over you. And he doesn't let, it's very rare that you see Anthony Joshua sting someone and then that person surviving the round or yeah. getting, unless the, it's right at the end of the round. So, you know what I mean? He's on it straight yeah. away. And like you've said, even when Pricey was flying, yeah. I've seen him sting kids and, and, like you said, that patience thing comes in and he, yeah. and he waits and then it Why goes maybe. It? It's, yeah. like, it's like a Klitschko mentality. Klitschko's doing it for years, beating people up for 12 rounds. It was like, you know, hit and knock, be hit kind of thing. Why take the chance of finishing someone? When you can hit like that. When you can stay there. But when you're as big as pricey and you hit like he does, you may as well just step in, just do it. Because the longer you stay in there, the more chance you take you of, get of getting caught by a haymaker. And I think, obviously... The that's a good with, pun, that. The, seeing as that that's where we're trying to go. That's right. <laughs> the, the difference we've got is that AJ's and Anthony Joshua's an undefeated fighter. And you've got that undefeated confidence. Absolutely, That yeah. if you get someone hurt... You can kind of blaze in there and you might catch one. You might walk into one going in, but your confidence will carry you through that punch because you're so besotted on getting the finish. Whereas because Pricey's had a couple of stumbles. Bad ones as well. Exactly. He's been caught. He's been stopped. So in his mind, when you step in, it's like, why take the chance? Because if I get a I get caught, oh, suddenly your brain says, oh, you've been caught again. Uh-oh, red lights go off, and that's the mentality. Anthony Joshua's never experienced that. So he doesn't Not have in the a professional re- ring. Well, Prices. we're led to believe well, Prices <laughs> sparked about, yeah. yeah. So that's why we want to see that fight, because yeah, yeah. hopefully all them, all them images will rush back into Anthony Joshua's mind when he fights Pricey. But listen, it's, it's, it's a big moment this weekend. It's a big moment for David Price. a big moment for Merseyside Boxing. You know, we've never had a heavyweight world champion. Never had a heavyweight... And we desperately want it to be Pricey. Exactly, because he's such a nice guy. There's no one in this city would begrudge Pricey winning a world title. A lot of people in this city would have been wrong, because a lot of people don't believe he's got the ability. Certainly don't believe he's got the chin. And he kind of admits that. But it doesn't matter. If you get your opportunity and you take your opportunity, Pricey can stop anybody, anybody in the world. This, this It could all start on Saturday night. We could be about to have the most incredible journey with David Price starting Saturday night in 2017. Less than that. Because you reckon this could happen by summer. summer? Well, listen. Josie Parker needs a fight. Exactly. 
And who else, who else are we talking about getting a world title fight in Liverpool, potentially in the summer, out of football season time? Oh, Callum, who we spoke about last week. So there you go. Um, Callum Smith fights for the world title. You've got David Price fighting for the heavyweight title on the same card. Oh, my days. You know, this this could, this could top Goodison last year with Tony Bellew. All the lads now are itching to get to the match. Look at them. They're all in the traffic now on the way to Anfield. He could be back in the summer for a double world title fight, fingers crossed. We have just increased the atmosphere tonight at Liverpool Chelsea just mate. stepped it up it's gone inch. through the roof this is exactly. the, this is very similar to Las Vegas at the weekend with Frampton all these yeah. football fans on the way to the game tonight listening to a bit of boxing talk right at this moment in time are absolutely pumped up exactly for the match tonight you've legitimately by the way just before we clear off talk, we'll talk footy uh, you've legitimately put a bet on tonight and you're 4-0 for your 40th birthday 40th birthday today it's my 40th today I'm uh, I'm going to race from the studio now and get up to Anfield myself hopefully I haven't missed Mane's you know opening goal in, on his big return. Absolutely. But, uh, so, yeah, I probably missed the first 10 minutes, but I'm going to get there. I've done my bet. I've done 4 0. So, uh, it's typical Liverpool. The drinks will be on me. Mate, it's typical Honestly, Liverpool. I, I, the drinks will be on me at the back of the cop if we win 4 0 tonight, let me tell there you. There you go. Line up, line up. <laughs> it's a rare, rare treat. Pizza at the bar. <laughs> Very rare. Get yourself in there. <laughs> Um, thank you so much uh, for listening to us. This will be available if you've missed any part of the show on our website, fightdisciples.com. Get yourself in, have a little bit of a nosy around. We'll have uh, on next week's show all the fallout uh, to ITV's pay-per-view. Hopefully, Pricey will join us because he'll yep. talk about being a mean, horrible, nasty so-and-so. Yep. Um, but hopefully, we're going to witness at the weekend. Have a wonderful evening. Up the Reds. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.